Hey guys, it's Terry from The Statement Show. Hey, you want a free audiobook? I'm going to tell you how to do it, okay? You go to thestatementshow.com, click on the Audible link, choose from over 180,000 titles. Zach, 180,000 titles. Now, I know you love some audible.com, right? Absolutely. Recently, I've gotten another Adam Carolla book. I get them out of sequence. So the, I think this is the first one he did, but it's called In 50 Years We'll All Be Chicks. And it's basically <laughs> him just going through his whole life, but he narrates it and kind of does a lot of off-the-cuff stuff. And so you're getting a lot more than what's in the book. So Because yeah. he likes to just kind of put his own little spin on it. But I'm going to tell you what, I wouldn't do it any other way. It's fantastic for long car rides and for commuters. Yeah, and anywhere. You can listen yeah. anywhere. You exactly. know, Listen to your books wherever you are. You've got a free app at home, in the car, at the gym, whatever. Look, man, you got 30 days of membership for free. Plus, guess what? You get a book on us to get it started absolutely free. I don't know how much better it could get, to be honest with you. <laughs> Easy exchange. Like yeah. Yeah. No risk. Sure, you no don't risk. love the book, swap it for free anytime. It's such a great deal. Again, go to thestatementshow.com. Click on the affiliates link. You're going to see it sitting right there. Audible.com. Click on it. Go to it right then and there. Right now. Stop what you're doing. Go to thestatementshow.com. Click on the affiliates link. Click on audible.com. Get yourself a free audio book. You're going to love it. They got A-list celebrities narrating their favorite stories. Again, 180,000 titles. We're talking about Grammy award-winning audio books here. Again, try it for free. 30 days, you still get to keep the audio book. You don't like it, cancel it out afterwards. But you can't say The Statement Show didn't give you anything in the process. TheStatementShow.com, the affiliate link, and click Audible. Enjoy the book. Hey, this is Jenna Vonoy from Blossom and the Parkers. And you know what? You don't even have to buy my book, Situation Momity, a very special episode in Toddlerdom. I mean, really, my kids don't need to go to college, right? But please, at the very least, listen to this The Statement Show with Zach and Terry. From the Night Shift Crew Studios in the D.C. metro area, this is The Statement Show. The lights are on. Hey guys, this is Rebecca Gregory. Hi, this is Chris Joyas. I'm Jim Harold from the Paranormal Podcast. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Zach Ward. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia from the WWE. Hello everybody, it's Tony Todd. Howdy y'all, this is Michael Hall, Green Beret combat veteran and TV personality. You're listening to The Statement Show with Zach and Terry, so get ready to make a statement. Welcome back to The Statement Show. I'm Terry James. And I'm Zach Chahey, and we are the podcast that fits in no category. Tonight's guest is Jenna Vonoy, best known for her roles as Six on Blossom and Stevie on the Parkers. Jenna is the author of Situation Momity, A First-Time Mom's Guide to Laughing Your Way Through Pregnancy in Year One, and her most recent book, Situation Momity, A Very Special Episode in Toddlerdom. Jenna, welcome to The Statement Show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And, and I'm going to tell you, the, the words momity and toddlerdom, are that, that that's that's tough for me. I thought I was going to mess that up. <laughs> yeah, we spent 20 minutes before the show with him just practicing the whole toddler. Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, like, here I am. I'm not even saying it, and I can't even say it. At toddlerdom, <laughs> I, I literally said here, Jenna, like, toddler, da, toddlerdom, toddlerdom. That's I find you do a bunch of, like, sell, sell, she sells by the seashore <laughs> in advance of it, or, you know, how many wood, how much wood can a wood check check? If you do that right beforehand, it's so much easier. I felt like I was like I was going Ron Burgundy, you know, unique New York, unique. New- <laughs> could put an E at the end of it, be Tyler Dome, and then Toddler. Right, sounds I like, like to Fight make Club. Difficult with for people, honestly. So yeah, I try to fit in as many re- 
ridiculous words as I can in the titles of books. I do love it, though. I, I mean, because that's really absolutely nothing you've ever heard before. Momedy and toddlerdom, I've never heard before. That's that's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you. Yeah, Situation Momedy ended up being the basically the name of the series. And then, of course, each each book has its own subtitle. And in this case, it's the, the toddlerdom. But um, yeah, you know, a very, I don't know that everybody realizes this, but the, a very special episode in toddlerdom portion is kind of me poking fun at the fact that, uh, when I was on Blossom, NBC created the whole, uh, on a very special episode of tonight's Blossom. So that's, they actually, we actually kind of coined that phrase. And so I thought, well, at the very least I can <laughs> fun at it in the title of my book. Well, judging by your Twitter feed, it looks like the book tour has, uh, kept you pretty busy. That seems like that's going well. It is. I'm very excited. I'm sort of right smack dab in the middle of it. I, I, I've been to the West Coast and, and then I did some dates. I actually live in Nashville with my family. And so I did a couple of fun book tour dates here and and uh, and got to give a dose of my sarcasm to my friends who already are, are way, way too familiar with it. And then next I'm on the East Coast and, and uh, I get to do the Today Show and, and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's been, been a fun lineup. The Today Show and yes. come on, come on, that's nothing in comparison to where I you're know. at right now. This is what Today I'm saying. I'm on the Statement Show. So you see what I'm saying? What is the Today Show? I don't. Even, I've never heard of it. I mean, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, I'm glad you actually brought that up because Nashville. You're, you're living in Nashville now. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I, I was there one time. Fell mm-hmm. in love with the area. We went to Gatlinburg and uh, oh, yeah. Pigeon Forge, obviously to Dollywood yeah. and all that. But then we went to Nashville. I completely fell in love with Nashville. It's one of the few places. I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I was at a stoplight, right? Now, this was before GPSs and all this. This was probably 20 years ago. Okay. And we were sitting at a stoplight and um, we were, you know, it was red. We're just minding our business, but we had a map out. That's how long it was. We had a map out and somebody yeah. came up and pecked on our window and asked us if we were lost. Yeah. And I said, yeah, kinda. They actually <laughs> told us, no, that anywhere else. And we, you know, we, we're from the DC area. So that would never, ever happen. No, you know? no. People, if they knocked on your window, like, you want to hit the gas and drive. Exactly. <laughs> if somebody taps on your window, that's like the scariest thing that you've ever experienced. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. The, you know what? Part of the, that's part of the reason I fell in love with Nashville too. Everyone is very hospitable and really in the, I've been here for 10 years already, which is hard for me to believe, but um, after coming, I grew up on the East coast, but then after living in Los Angeles for 17 years doing my shows, uh, I was kind of ready to get out of that very strange mudslide narcissistic ridden uh, bubble that I was living in out there. And, uh, and I came back to Nashville a lot over the course of actually my uh, time doing the Parkers on all of my hiatus weeks, I would come back here to Nashville and, and work on music and, and write with a lot of the, the really amazing co-writers out here in, in the country music industry. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't do country music per se, but, but I would write with them. And, uh, and I just, I completely became enamored with this town because of that kind of hospitality, because of the fact that people actually stop at stop signs and wave you ahead first and, and say hello, whether they know you or not. And, and, uh, I, I really just fell in love with that part of this town and, and thought, you know, at some point when it's feasible, I'm going to move there. And, and I followed through with it. Mm-hmm. Don't they have some big type of concert out there every year where it's like every portion of the town has something going on? Um, the the CMA Music Festival is out here downtown every year, and that is a sight to behold. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, we, the, the country music fans flock to the downtown streets of Nashville for a couple weeks a year, which is also known as don't leave your house and try to go through downtown because it's a traffic nightmare. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but a, but a fun time is had by all. What is sure. your what is your singing um, background? What do you, what is the type of music you like to sing? You know, I think it's changed a lot over the years. I I was very very big into pop and R and B when I was a lot younger, and then uh, gradually I sort of started enjoying more country music just because of the sort of raw vulnerability that it offers. And I liked the fact that a lot of people wrote the songs that they were singing relative to the pop industry, where at that time, anyway, a lot of people were were writing songs written by other people. And I feel like you can invest yourself in a song if you've written it, because mm-hmm. obviously it means something to you. And, and that spoke to me. And so I came back here. I think a lot of country music tells stories in a way that that um, I felt pop music didn't for me. And and so I came came back here to, to try and tell stories. I've, I've, you know, I've always been a storyteller in one capacity or another, whether it was through the characters I played or the, the books I'm writing or the, the songs I've written. And um, now I'm really more of a sing my children to sleep singer, um, <laughs> songwriter. Yes, I write lullabies these days, anything else. And that is mostly because I feel like when I'm when I'm really invested in writing something such as these books, it's really hard for me to put energy right into writing something else. It's hard for me to write blogs while I'm writing a book or or writing an album. Um, it's just it, I, it, my brain sort of has to switch from one to the other to to, to focus on it. And it, it's a little hard if that overlaps. Give us a little background on the books here. What made you switch over to what made you feel like you wanted to write these books? What put you in that mindset? So when I was pregnant with my first daughter, who's now four and a half, uh, People Magazine actually approached me to see if I would be interested in in writing a monthly blog for them on their on their babies portion of their people.com site. And I sort of thought that was a fun idea. And I wasn't doing anything else except sitting back and putting my feet up and eating. So why not? Uh, and so I started writing that and, and it really gave me an outlet that I didn't have at that time to sort of share my pregnancy experiences with my peers and ask questions and find out that everybody else was going through the same thing I was. And, uh, and, and then that segued into my own blog called the cradle chronicles, which I did for a while. Um, I have not been the best at keeping that up lately, if we're being honest. Um, but then I, my husband said to me one day, you know, you should really turn these blogs into a book. And I was like, nobody wants to read 450 pages of me and my crap, you know, like, and he goes, no, actually, I think you'd be surprised. It's pretty funny. I'm like, yeah, well, says my husband. Um, but, and then actually my manager came to me and said, no, actually, I think he's right. And I I think we should try and pursue this. And, uh, we found a literary agent who used to watch Blossom and was a big fan and thought there was something to it and that maybe they were smarter than I was about the whole deal, and uh, which is not surprising. And then and she found Medallion Press and they they jumped on board and and I've been I was really thrilled that they were excited about it and and, and in the same way that I was and not only were they excited enough to 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 get the first book but then they immediately came back and said hey how about we start on a sequel. Well, yeah. So no rest for the weary and and uh, you know toddler mothering woman. So it's just like <laughs> every every time you get a book idea and you want to come out with a new one, do you, you just figure, well, I need to prep, so I need to get pregnant again, have another kid, each book. So it's like each book goes with <laughs> so each kid. Can you imagine? Actually, that's, that would be highly counterproductive. I've actually written both of these books with like you know the first book I wrote while pregnant with my first daughter, and then the second book I wrote while. Uh, taking care of a two-year-old and pregnant with my second. And um, I, I find that the more children I have, the harder it gets to actually sit down to any kind of peace and quiet whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I have I have a I have a 14-year-old daughter right now, but yeah, I'm with you. Well, you know. 
Yeah, it's it's rough. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it's a totally different kind of rough for you than it is for me right now. Oh, the teenage years. I can't wait to see what your book looks like for that. Dear God. Like, I mean, the cover is just going to be like a black page. Yeah, (laughs) we we can expect that, right? We can expect a book for the teenage years, right? (laughs) I'm sure. I keep joking that eventually I'm sure I'll be writing Situation Grand Momity. But uh, (laughs) I'm sure there are some others in between there that I haven't come up with yet. Well, your first book actually dealt with pregnancy in the first year of having a child. And yeah. and I think we, you know, we all as parents know that that first child, frightening, you know, you're not given a manual, you're given about 10,000 different pieces of advice, then all of a sudden a, a child's placed into your hands with, with nothing to go on. Were you nervous like that that very first time, you know, oh, you're, you're right. handed your child or did, or did the maternal instincts just kick in and everything was fine? Well, first of all, I had to have a C-section, so I was severely drugged up at the time. So <laughs> parts of it I remember. <laughs> um, no, I listen. Yes, of course. I think I think every any any parent who says that they weren't at all apprehensive uh, is probably not being entirely honest with themselves. I I was it was wonderfully terrifying, is how I explain it, because it was it's the of course the best thing I've ever done. I mean, I I, I love my kids so much, but there are moments daily where I'm like, oh my god, do I have no idea what the hell I'm doing? Like, I really I just don't know what I'm doing here. And and you know, we I'm growing with them. I'm I'm learning things as they do, and I might know vocabulary words that they don't know, but I can promise you, they're teaching me a lot of stuff too. Well, I can promise you it doesn't get any better when they get older because I have a 27-year-old, a 22-year-old, and a 15-year-old. So, And I can assure you it doesn't get any better. As a matter of fact, to me and, – and Zach has a teenager too, but I can, I can assure you um, to me I wish I could go back to the – the, let's learn how to talk. Let's learn how to walk, yeah. you know, and the diapers. Those were the great days. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is maybe it's just me, but I can honestly tell you that the worst day is when you're handing the keys off for the very first time okay. and, and they're yeah. completely by themselves, not not teaching them to drive because that's a whole other story right there. But when they're actually by themselves for that first time and maybe they're going to school or whatever, I remember telling my oldest son, I said, you know, call me or text me the minute that you get there, you know? And then he was like, dad, come on, seriously. I'm like, yeah, really text me the minute that you get there. It's the worst. It's the worst feeling ever. So I, Oh my God, I can't oh, wait to hear what, Oh, for me, if I had anything to tell somebody, I would just tell them, look, as the years progress, just enjoy it because Christmas starts really cheap because all the toys they want are just made of plastic and <laughs> it's the cheapest way for 200 bucks. You can have an amazing Christmas when right, they're in their teenage years, 200 bucks, 200 bucks, gives you dirty looks you know so because the, the, the gifts get progressively more expensive so yeah i can imagine yeah well i'm just happy that right now y- yes you know my my kids now they're talking but like in in their whole learning to talk and and not being able to express themselves i think well at least they're not slamming a door in my face cussing me out and leaving the room and like jumping in my car and taking off you know i mean there's, there's definitely i have so much to look forward to oh absolutely yeah, so, there's nothing like kids giving you their attitude and talking back. And um, <laughs> it's okay, I can talk back too. I'm very, I'm very good at that. <laughs> you know, I love this. There was this quote from you that said, "While you were preparing to give birth to your first daughter, you discovered a wealth of clinical guides to pregnancy and beyond." And basically, what you hoped for was a a best friend's guide, so to speak. 
what what did you exactly mean by that as the best friends guide? How was you? I mean, like I, I know what you mean as far as to say, like there was a lot of um, what to expect when you're expecting type things. Yeah. But but what did you mean as far as the best friends guide? Well, I mean, let's be honest. I am the last person who should be giving any kind of clinical advice, nor would I want to. Um, that would really be terrifying uh, for for me to be the person telling people how to parent because I I'm I'm a work in progress but um, but I think you know I, I found so many guides that were sort of sort of medically related and that and that's great I mean those have their merit too but I I love the idea that I used to play the sort of quintessential best friend and a lot of people thought of me that way and have grown up thinking of me as the best friend and and um, and then I I get to do it via book pages I mean I. I get to sort of be someone's honorary best friend via my book pages. And and if I can do that, I've accomplished what I set out to do. You know, I wanted it to be a conversational book. I, I, when I first started, when the, the literary agent first started pitching the book, there were a couple of publishing companies who came back and said, well, this reads more like a blog than a book. And I said, good, that's the point. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, you know, you're missing the point if you think I want to put out a book that tells people that guides people on how to parent their children. I, I can't do that. I'm not in a position to do that. What I can do is say is give them, you know, 300 pages of anecdotal funny and say each phase offers its own tales of wonder and woe. And here are some of mine. And I hope this helps you along. And so it's the conversational part of it that I, that I was really excited about. Uh, when, when I did end up finding medallion press and they were interested in it, I, I loved the fact that, that they loved the conversational aspect of the book, that they thought that it's, that it speaks to people on a level that's just really honest. And, and the way that we talk, I mean, as if you're sitting in a room with your best friend, having a cup of coffee or, or better yet, a glass of wine, you know, and that's, that's really how, how we all meet each other on the same page is to, to sit in front of each other and, and be intimate like that. And so to, to read a clinical guide is, um, is, is someone sort of offering options for what might or might not work for me, but in a way that makes me feel like I still don't have that close relationship with, with the author. And and so I wanted to give people that I wanted to say, you know what, if you don't have someone that you can confide in or, or learn from, or, or you're nervous about asking these questions and, and, um, you know, some people don't have a close relationship with their, with their parents, or they don't have a best friend that they feel they can discuss this sort of thing with, or in general, they're just not not very talkative, open people, you know, and this book sort of allows them to to get some of that best friend advice without having to talk to someone in person. That, that's true. And I, and I, I gotta be honest, there was this, there was this one thing I, I was, when I, we were kind of doing the prep for the show, I was watching this interview that you were doing and I guess it was probably maybe a year or two back. And you were talking about the photo shoot that you did with King magazine yeah. and you were saying how you know, you loved it and you wouldn't take anything back from that photo shoot. You were, you were super proud of it, but you weren't exactly sure how to handle it with your children. (laughs) But you know what? It's so true because as parents, I think we, we put a lot on ourselves. You know, I think we just think that we're supposed to be Superman or Superwoman, whatever, you know, but, but the fact is we did do things that probably we weren't you know, is super proud of when we were younger. And then we have to sort of explain these things as we get older. Have you, we we all go through these phases in our lives where we we make choices, right? We make, we make choices that are right for us in that moment that don't necessarily as an adult looking back, feel like maybe we should have made. I don't, 
I don't um, think I shouldn't have done the shoot for King magazine or anything like that. I don't regret it for a second. Honest to God, like someday I'm going to be showing those photos to the men on the shuffleboard court being like, yo, look what I looked like. Look at my body in my 20s. I mean, I can tell you post two children, my body doesn't look like that now. So it's really hard to not look back at those photos and be like, no, you know what? I was, I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my body. I'm proud of myself as a woman. And, and, you know, while I don't necessarily feel like I needed to wear skimpy lingerie to, to show that I'm proud of my body, perhaps I would choose differently if I were to be asked to do something like that now. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to stand here and say that I'm not, that I'm not proud of that. I don't think that that's fair to the headspace that I was in at that time. And, and yeah, someday my, my daughters will ask me those questions and, and I'm, and I'm ready to answer those when they do, because I want them to know that, that, uh, that that was the right decision for me then. And, and that, it, you know, and I wasn't naked in them, thankfully. So I don't well, have sure. to explain away that. <laughs> well, even still, you know, even, even if you do, even if they do walk out of the house with, and let's let's be honest, you know, girls kind of have that. The apparel is a little can be a little skimpy at times, you know, the, the belly shirts and the yoga pants, whatever the world that they're wearing these days. But you know what? Just because you're wearing that doesn't make you anything less than you know what people think of you. You, you can still be a lady and still wear you know a crop top or or you as know long yoga. As you don't try to get on an airline, you're fine. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, look. Obviously, to to a certain extent, although I I would not consider myself a terribly conservative person, I do have very conservative values as as a parent in some ways. Um, but I also believe very much in my children's independence and the value of that. Yes, I you know I I want to raise daughters who are strong and brave and beautiful and smart and uh, you know not necessarily in that order. But I just I want them to to. In, in look at themselves and, and feel confident about who they are and what they have to offer the world. And, and I also want to be able to trust the decisions that they make. Now, that's not to say I probably always <laughs> will because I'm human uh, and it sounds really good in theory. And the second my daughter rolls out in her mini skirt, I'm probably going to be like, ah, yeah, no, go back and change, please. You're only 10. Um, <laughs> but but I, I do hope that that I can at least instill in them the the fact that like I believe very strongly in in being um, a strong, brave, beautiful, smart woman. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell us. And, and, just real quick, I got a question for you. So uh, yeah. to get away from the whole image part, but what if one of them says, uh, "I want to try doing commercials or get into acting" when they're mm. I don't know six, seven <laughs> years old? Is that something you would 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 push them into, or or at least encourage them that to go for it? Well, the pushing into part, absolutely not. No. Um, I, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of, I would say, in fact, the majority of children that I met in the industry growing up, and this goes back to the New York days when I first started auditioning for things when I was six years old until well into um, my teenage years, I, I met a lot of parents who had pushed their children into the industry. And I saw a variety of side effects from that, that were um, you know, really unfair and unkind to these kids. I mean, they're just mentally, it, it really, it wrecked them in a lot of ways. And so I don't ever believe in pushing kids into it. So that would certainly not be a factor. Um, but I, you'd be amazed at how often I'm asked this question. And I essentially say the same thing every time, which is if, if, if my children were very passionate about getting into this industry, despite the fact that part of me would want to talk them out of it, because I would never want them to 
feel like they were having to follow in my footsteps. And I, and I know how brutal, uh, this industry can get. And I know about the rejection and I, you know, I mean, I've, I've been through so much good and bad throughout my years in the industry that, that I would want to protect them from all of the bad stuff. But, um, but at the same time, I would never, the biggest portion of all of that is that I would want to support them. And if, if that's what they were passionate about, like, thank God for, for my parents who knew nothing about the industry, but knew how much I wanted it. And, and so they helped me pursue it despite their ignorance because they wanted what was best for me. And what was best for me was what was in my heart. I mean, they just, they didn't want to hold me back. They didn't want to stifle me. And I'm, I'm so appreciative of that. I'm, I'm eternally grateful or I wouldn't have had the career I've had. And so I wouldn't want to do that to my children either. And it's, um, it's funny. I was recently when I was in LA doing my signings, uh, I, I went to a, one of my best friend's weddings and, um, and Kelly Williams, who used to be on family matters was there. And she was looking at pictures. I was looking at pictures of her kids and she was looking at pictures of mine and she got to pictures of my youngest child. And she said, Oh my God, now, you know, that Marlo has to be in the entertainment industry, right? Like you, you have to get her in the business. And I was like, Oh God, please don't say that to me. And she goes, no, you are holding back a billion dollar industry, Jenna, and you know it. which I thought was a hilarious. Comment. And I was like, well, let's wait and see what she says. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. My, my youngest definitely has that kind of personality and mm-hmm. I could, I could totally see her doing it and loving it. But it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be her choice. Okay. <laughs> on the on the cover of your uh, recent book, Situation Momedy, a very special episode entitled "Them." I absolutely love the picture of your <laughs> oldest daughter staring at you. This the the that photo. I don't know how you got that, but it was amazing. It just looks Here's, like she has such a great personality. They both do. Here's the greatest part about that cover: <laughs> nobody gave them direction. The oh, photographer wow. said to me, and the photographer is a very dear friend of mine. Uh, Brooke Bowling here in Nashville. And, um, and Brooke said to me before the shoot, you know, uh, what do you, you know, what works for them in terms of like getting them to look up or getting, you know, what, what works for them? What, what moves them that, that I can use if, if I need to. And so we had like a whole conversation about it. And the day, the day of they got on set and this is what they did. My younger daughter licking the toilet plunger, although I can promise you she didn't actually lick a toilet plunger. Um, she came damn close, but didn't, thankfully did not get there. Um, and it was clean. It was brand new. Um, but, you know, both of both of them just I don't know what kicked in, but they they just got they got on the set and they did what they did. And there were so many brilliant pictures that the publishing company had a hard time deciding what which ones to use because there were just so many great ones but yeah that that was that that's all them that's their personalities in uh, captured on film they did that the ironic part yeah. it's not really planned though right it's just them being them so right right well and you know and when the when the art director um came to me about the book cover initially they they had sort of suggested oh if if this child could be throwing a tantrum this child could be doing that and i was like well there's really no legal way for me to make my kid throw a tantrum so that's out <laughs> Um, and, and above and beyond that, like, I really, I said, I think we need to sort of make the comedy me and the set and then whatever they do is icing on the cake. And God, that is like the most colorful, amazing icing I've ever seen on a cake. You know, they re- they could not have, I'll say performed, but I'll use that word in quotes, but like they could not formed better. I just, I didn't expect it. I didn't ask anything of them. I just said, Hey, will you guys take some pictures with me? And, um, and they said, sure. 
And this is what we got. <laughs> There's a chapter in your in your new book called Potty Training. It's a crapshoot. I think oh, that is yeah. the greatest. <laughs> I love <laughs> that the is name. the greatest. <laughs> I know. Was that like what? What? I guess when you were doing your book, what yeah. what was your favorite chapter to write? Did you have a favorite chapter? Was there one that just it just felt like it just rolled right off the fingertips when you were writing it? I mean, definitely that one is up there. Mm -hmm. I, I can tell you that that title was the first chapter title that came to me for the book. Oh, okay. I just, okay. yeah, I mean, and it was, it was automatic. I knew that's what it was going to be. It felt right. It's, um, if there, if anything can possibly feel right when discussing potty training. Um, <laughs> well, how long know, did yeah. it take? How long did it take you to potty train your kid? Well, so the two-year-old, we're still going through it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And she's just stubborn as all get out. And mm -hmm. she's like, she's totally fine. She knows how to do it. She knows it's there. She knows when to go. She knows when she has to go. She just doesn't totally feel like doing it all the time. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not a big believer in forcing. Um, I just, I feel like, you know, kids have their own time about certain things. And like, I don't think she's going to go to college in diapers. So I'm really not worried about it. And I think she knows that there's not a lot of pressure on her, which makes it easier for her to learn because she feels like she's the one making the decision and that makes her more eager to learn it. Um, so we're, I'm, I'm sticking by that route because it worked for my older daughter who, who was uninterested in, in getting anywhere near the bathroom until she received these really awesome princess panties for Christmas. And she was like, uh, oh, princess panties. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, yeah, no, I can wear these now. And I was like, well, let's just try them out. And <laughs> never looked back. I just remember when my when my wife was potty training my daughter, I, before we started doing all that, she was telling me how it was a competition. It felt like all these parents were always saying, well, it took me this long or it took me three days yeah. or it took me two weeks. Yeah. And then my wife said she doesn't want to worry about all that. But then uh, it took her about a day and a half to potty train my daughter, and she was like right on it. Um, then my wife was the one telling her, well, it took me a day. It took me a day and a half. I was like, well, you're doing it now, too. <laughs> so. You know, and sometimes it's hard not to do stuff like that. Like you don't you it's and I, I actually talk about this in my book. Like you don't want to be the the mom that isn't playing nice in the sandbox. Right. But but it's but in part, it's because you're you're so proud of your own kid. And that's what you know. Mm -hmm. That's what so you don't. Like a lot of times when I say something about my children, I, I don't assume that the person I'm talking to thinks that I'm expecting them to compare what I'm telling them to their own child. Like, I don't know what their child is experiencing or going through. And so, um, I got, I, I hope that they don't think that I'm, that I'm saying things to sort of brag about it. Cause I don't, that's not, you know, we just, uh, every child has their own timeline for things, whether it's walking, talking, um, stopping breastfeeding and weaning or, you know, potty training. It's like, there are so many different things. And, and we, you get into sort of the, the mommy war ugh, situation that we, yeah. the news talks about all the time, which kind of drives me, um, out of my mind. But at the same time, I, I get it because we we're putting so much pressure on ourselves. And in a way, it's impossible not to put pressure on other people sure. while we're doing it. And, you know, and, and a lot of the pressure that and I, I'm, you know, I feel pressure as a mom, I, I am never going to stand here and tell you that I don't I, I certainly do. Like if my kid is pitching a fit in the middle of Target. Don't think I'm not looking around at the other parent thinking, "Oh God, what do they of, think of me right now?" You know, of course. Then, so you don't, then, you don't do you the readjust. old. We're going out to the van if you don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But you know, but then, but then I readjust my focus and I'm like, "Oh yeah, wait. The first priority is like 
my kid and why is she freaking out? Okay, well, she's freaking out because she's tired and hungry and she needs a nap and she needs some lunch and probably not in that order. And Mm -hmm. like the other parents, um, anybody who's staring at me right now has either gone through it themselves or they should have to take care of a two-year-old for a day and then they can come talk to me about that stare. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, the ones that don't look are the ones that have been through it. So, Of course. (laughs) And I found it funny, you know, us as parents that we're almost made to feel guilty that when we say we need a break from our children or, yes. you know, we're not very happy yeah. with them at this time. You know, I mean, come on, you know, it. Wh- not I, I don't being, understand. Not being happy with your kid doesn't mean you don't love them for that. Exactly. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, some we all need time to duck away and, and whether it's hiding in a bathroom or a closet or whatever floats your boat, you know, <laughs> and like steal some sneak some chocolate or a glass of wine or whatever you need to do. I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> we all need a break. We need me Absolutely. time. And I don't think there's any one way to, to, to raise a child. I think there's multiple ways and it doesn't work the same what works for you is not going to work for somebody else and exactly exactly so anyway so we've taken up a lot of your time but why don't you tell everybody how we can find you in your website and of course your book well, my website is jennavonoy.com, but I, I have to say I'm not the best at updating it. I'm somehow in writing chapters of, of books and proofreading and book tours and all that good stuff. That That is the thing that tends to fall by the wayside. But um, I can very easily be found on Twitter, and I'm at jennavonoy, or I can be found on Instagram, where I am also at jennavonoy. And my book is available at both Barnes & Noble and on Amazon. And um, and I do still have tour dates left. So if people are on the East Coast and anywhere near New York City or Connecticut uh, at the end of April, I am I am there. So they get those tour dates on your website or, or where you're going to be at. So <clears throat> I've got those tour dates listed on. Actually, I'm on my, I'm on Facebook as well. I'm the official Genovanoi page, and and I've got them listed there. I also tweet about them in advance. But I'll be in New York. I'll be in Connecticut, uh, signing in Danbury, Connecticut on the 23rd. That's right near my hometown. Mm-hmm. So um so it's always nice of the publishing company to let me go see everybody and and sign there. And then I'll be on Long Island at uh, Turn of the Corkscrew, which is the best name ever for a bookstore <laughs> um, on the 25th at 7 p.m. And then I will also be in Manhattan at the Barnes and Noble on Broadway and 82nd. And that's on the 27th at 7 p.m. And I'll be doing readings at all of those. So okay. come get a dose of my snark. And by the way, it's not going to matter. We put this episode out and say like December of 2018, right? I mean, no, no, of oh, course okay. not. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make <laughs> sure. Book sales at all. Yeah. So you go ahead and yeah. do those book dates. And then uh, when somebody shows up and they're a year late. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah, that's that's good. That's okay. totally fine. Then they can use all that back stock of those autographed copies that I left with them. And, and, you know, or you're still sitting there. Or Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we don't have an autographed copy yet. Come on. What's going on, Jenna? <laughs> well, you know, you don't get things you don't ask for, my friend. <laughs> that's true. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, we've taken up so much of your time. Get out there. Go check out Jenna's brand new book, Situation Momedy, a very special episode in toddlerdom. You can check it out on our website. There's going to be a link to her sites, her Twitter, her Instagram, and most importantly, her book right now. Go out and check it. Jenna Vanoi, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you nothing but the greatest. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. So I don't, man, I tell you what, with celebrities coming out with books on parenting Mm. and everything, Mm. she is the first one I heard that seemed like she's got her act together. And I think what what people get annoyed about is they feel like, Mm. well, 
how you know what what is a celebrity doing that makes them think that they know better than everybody else and i think sometimes that rubs people the wrong way but she didn't she wasn't coming she off answered like that, that. Yeah, yeah no yeah. she answered it she said i don't know i don't know exactly anything more than the next person as a matter of fact what makes me the most qualified and that's true you know mm-hmm. i mean hey what does her make the most qualified what makes me any more qualified than you or her or anyone else and we're all it's a guessing game because, you know, the funny part is every child is different than the next. We all know that. But if you look at her, bo- yeah, if you look at her book cover and how she says, well, I definitely don't look like that now. She still looks great. I mean, she looks fantastic. Exactly. Yes. So hey, she's married, guys. I mean, uh, when I watch Blossom and oh, yes, yeah. I know I watch Blossom a little bit, but of course, a little bit, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> but anyway, her character was so great. She was the one I really watched it for. And, of course. You know, not that yeah. I had any problem with any of the other characters, but she just mm. she I don't know. She seemed very energetic in the show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't really watch the Parkers. It wasn't my uh, it wasn't t- my type of programming. I didn't really I honestly didn't really. I think maybe I caught her on a couple episodes, but it was after the fact. So. But, you know, that's the way today's TV society is anyway. You catch shows kind of after the fact. So, but anyway. Exactly. Cool interview. So. Yep. And don't forget, you can find Jenna on Twitter and Instagram at Jenna Von Oy and her website, JennaVonOy.com. Although, as she told you, she's not very good at keeping it up to date. But again, we are going to have a link to her book on our website. Go to thestatementshow.com and you'll be able to click on her interview. You're going to see it right there. You can literally click right on that link, take you straight to Amazon and uh, check it out because it, I can, I can assure you it, it's, uh, it's a pretty good book. You're going to love think, it. Do you think she goes it. to Britain, though, when they go, Oi! Do you think she turns around? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Jenna Von Oi! Oi! No. No. <laughs> I don't know. Sketch. I wonder what that name is. I should have asked her. I didn't even think about it. Jenna Von no. Oi. Von, Von Oi. Oi. Sounds like she's, I don't know, uh, what, what do you call those um, those middle, medieval uh, sailors that conquered everybody? I'm trying to think what they called them. Vikings. It sounds Vikings, Vikings. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a Viking. Could be. Scandinavian. What is it? Like? I don't know. I don't know what Von Oy would be. Mm-hmm. If anybody out there in Twitter land knows what uh, Von Oy is, give us a holler. Oh, we'll tweet it Shoot out. How's that? We'll, we'll tweet it <laughs> out. Von Oy. What you think Von Oy is and get her to respond to there. Right, right. But anyway, we'll try to get this episode out. I'll try to get this episode out of time. But man, everybody needs to send an email into the statement show at gmail.com and bust Terry's butt here about not getting videos uploaded on YouTube. That's all, true. Him. Brian, That's all him. Brian Brushwood, I just put up today. Thank you very yeah, much. Man, but his episode came out last week, and you bust my balls about getting the episodes done. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. We're gonna call. We're gonna call a timeout right now. Okay. You're talking about YouTube. I'm talking about actually publishing the damn podcast. Oh yeah. Period. Editing the podcast. You're talking about putting it up on YouTube. Absolutely. Now let me. Wow. Now tired, let's though. rewind it. Here. Hold on. Hold well, on. Well, then again, I guess you do need my podcast to be able to put it out on YouTube. You, you think, you think. So, and and let me ask you this. Once you publish the podcast, how quickly is it up on our website? All right, I'll give you that. I'll right, you that. right. Where it belongs on our website. Nobody's paying any attention to YouTube anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Facebook where my daughter tells me all the old people are Facebook. <laughs> I know Kids I don't go on Facebook thing. these days, Dad. <laughs> yeah, like, like you can see Facebook going to the way of like MySpace. Oh, yeah. It's like all it is is like a fancy free version of classmates.com. You remember you go to that website that wanted you to pay through <laughs> oh, my the nose? God. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. To pay, you, like 
you know, 20, 30, 40, $50 for, and it was all full yes. ads to find people you may have known and, or Maybe. you're just trying to be like a, a stalker and look at the girl that you had a crush on. Not that I've ever done that, by the way, but yeah, um, just, it's like, that's what the Facebook's turned into. So <laughs> it's just like the free version of classmates and you can connect with a bunch of family and friends and, right. but you don't see a lot of kids on it. But no, I, you don't. No, it's no. for your mom and dad and aunts and uncles. Yeah, but like, like I said, my daughter's fourteen, and I know you have to be thirteen right. to be on Facebook. And I said, hey, you want to you want a Facebook account? She goes, no, no, <laughs> she's like zero interest. <laughs> Give me Instagram, Dad. I don't care about it. I don't care about Facebook. Exactly. We're on Instagram. <laughs> I don't think I don't even think one of my children have Facebook. Seriously, I don't think they have it. No, no. I don't know, because you got LinkedIn, and I know that's more considered like a professional website, LinkedIn, but man, I tell you what, I sign on to it like once every two or three months. I don't think anybody goes on there on a regular basis on LinkedIn. No. It's like, uh, it's very cumbersome. It's like polluted, if you ask me. Like, you get it, like, it's, it's my opinion about the web search engines and the browsers. Like, when you go on Google, it's like a white page. And then there's a click, a link to go to your email or all the other features, like the news or the calendar. But the actual front page is clean. And I always thought that's what Yahoo did wrong because when you went to their, when you went to their front page, it was busy and it was all over the place. You could barely find where to type in your search. Right. Well, Google, you go, there's Google and there's the bar. You just type what you want. It's right. It's clear and it's, and it's, um, it's uncumbersome. It's just there. And it's, it, it's like a clean. I think that's one of their, that's one of the successes of Google is the fact that it's not very busy and you can go where you want without being pushed there. So that's what I like about it. But, um, I did want to touch on something else. Uh, and yeah. I know we're getting near the end of the show here, but I wanted to touch on the, the guest we had last week with Brian Brushwood. And mm. man, I've been mm-hmm. watching his show, The Modern Rogue, uh, mm-hmm. on, on YouTube, themodernrogue.com. If anybody's interested, man, that show kicks ass. I'm going to tell you what, Brian Brushwood, uh, he's the Moab. <laughs> if anybody and knows. And by it. the way, uh, Zach, Scam School's still going because you remember you asked him last week and he told you that it was still going when you thought it wasn't going. Yeah, so. I know. I know, man, because I was sitting there holding my breath because he said Brian Brush, he was acting like the show was off the air and shit. And Brian was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man, you pissed Brian Brushwood off. So he's going to fake your death and shit. So, yeah, he, you pissed Brian Brushwood off. <laughs> no. No, but I'm going to tell you is, what. Uh, all, I love that guy. Yeah. It's like all the guests that we have on is Jenna Von Oy. I mean, look at the, the book, the acting, and mm-hmm. she's got two kids and, and she's killing a book tour right now. Right. And it makes you feel like, well, what am I doing? Uh, you know, so anybody out Nothing. there says they don't have time or they're too tired. And man, look at ain't nobody out there pushing her through along all this stuff. She's she's motivated getting off her butt and doing this stuff herself and she's look what she's accomplishing just like dude, you know, Kurt Angle and Brian Brushwood and all the past <laughs> people we've had on our show. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. So it's, I went out today uh Zach and I mowed the grass and washed one car and my feet hurt right now. <laughs> my feet hurt. I drive for <laughs> I drive for an hour and I'm like, "Oh, that's it. I'm done. I, I got to come and take a nap." I feel so, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know how like they're out there I just listen to Brian Brushwood talking about all this stuff he was doing in one day and I'm like I drove home and I needed a nap <laughs> I know right dude's like yeah I, I was eating fire and sticking shit in my eyeballs and and, and oh well he tweeted he, he tweeted that he drove a bicycle eight miles to the grocery store and now he's on his I way back that. 
I was like, oh my God, I need to take a nap just reading that shit. And so I don't, I don't drive eight miles to the grocery store. There's no way I'm biking it. Absolutely not. Forget it. I'm not biking anywhere. <laughs> oh man, I'm going to tell you what. Go see some of our past shows at our website at thestatementshow.com. But man, that was, this was a great episode. I loved it. And I want to, I really want to say thanks again to Jenna Vonoy. She was cool. And that book, uh, there's no way I'm going to pronounce that title, but you got it worked out. Oh. Go for it. I got you. I got you. Situation Momity, a very special episode in, get ready for it, Toddlerdom. toddlerdom. See, I said it correctly, Toddlerdom. Uh, toddlerdom. But anyway, <laughs> Jen Vonoy. Please ignore Zach. I don't know what Zach is talking about at this point. But anyway, go to thestatementshow.com. Check out Jenna's interview. You will actually well, see. Well, actually, if you're listening to this, I've already checked it out. Yeah, and but you know what the uh, the link to the book is right there, so you'll see it. Yeah, exactly. And, and check out our past episodes: Brian Brusherwood, Kurt Angle, Tony Todd. Uh, don't forget about Tony, Tony Todd. Todd. Oh man! So anyway, uh, support the show and uh, click on our affiliate link at, for bookit.com or audible.com and get a free book. And they have 180,000 titles to pick from. Audible.com. So you can do Audible. What is it? Audible.com forward slash the statement. Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. It's audibletrial.com forward slash the statement. Or it's easier to go to thestatementshow.com. Click on our link on the affiliate link and click there and get your free book. I get my token here soon. So it's, 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 it's a few dollars a month. It's not as much as you would think. And I get my free token soon. I've already gotten my free book and I've already got my next book picked out. So I'm just waiting for my next token to come up. But anyway, that was great. I had a great time. And, Me too. Uh, yep. Anyway, I guess that that's a wrap on another episode. So uh, the lights are out on another episode of The Statement Show. See ya. She's a pro. Yes, She's she a pro. You are a pro, girl. Well, you know, only on Mondays and Fridays. <laughs> Eventually, I'm sure I'll be writing a situation grand momity, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are some others in between there that I haven't come up with yet. We're from the D.C. area, so that would never, ever happen. No, you know? no. If they knocked on your window, like... you want to hit the gas and drive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and still wear, you know, a crop top or, or you as know, yoga. As long as you don't up. try to get on an airline, you're fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Like I, like I was going Ron Burgundy, you know, unique New York. <laughs> You need me. <laughs> well, that's a wrap on another episode of The Statement Show. Thanks again to John Yvonne Oy. Go to our website at thestatementshow.com. Give a listen to all the past episodes. Go to iTunes and subscribe and tell us what you think of the show. And most importantly, the lights are out. <laughs>